0: Welcome to episode 99 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy features conversations with Canadian theatre makers from actors to directors to playwrights and more. If you want to drop me a line, you can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. My guest this week is theatre and film artist Kathy Huang. You can catch Kathy in Filament Incubator and Epigraph Collective, Imp, coming in November. One of the things that I'm always really curious about with people is... Why they chose a life in the theater. One of those things that we, uh, you know, a little bit crazy of us all to do. So what is it that drew you to the theater?
1: Um, I don't know. I've kind of always been a performer. I've done it since I was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to be a singer. I always wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be on Disney Channel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, But when I was in high school, you know, you take the the careers class. Mm-hmm. I decided that it wasn't... A very viable career so okay. i decided to go into psychology instead so okay. i actually went to university for psychology and ended up switching into theater and film again later
0: how long did you last in psychology
1: i never actually got into the program okay so i initially got into the program okay and then i messed up and i forgot to click submit you know when you apply for universities you get the <sighs> hours yeah, no. i forgot to click mm. submit um, because I procrastinate everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to go into my guidance counselor and she ended up getting me into humanities instead of social science.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but yeah, then I never ended up getting into the program that I wanted to, cause I wanted to do a double major with psychology and English. And that was a whole different set of requirements right. and I kept trying and then eventually I gave up and I realized I didn't want to do it anyway. Okay. So that, that's why.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you remember like, were you one of those kids that was always, like, performing? When the grown-ups came over, you'd be, like, running in to, like, perform in some way? Or was um, there anything that sparked your interest?
1: I know there are a lot of people, like, a lot of celebrities who talk about how when they were younger, they used to put on these, like, elaborate skits for their mm-hmm. their relatives and stuff. I never really did that. Um, I was just kind of always doing it as, like, my own little thing and not, like, a big production. Okay, Type of thing, like if there was an audience, there was an audience, but it was largely just for myself,
0: yeah,
1: um, so yeah, I don't know, I don't know where i where I decided I wanted to do it, it I've just been doing it for as mm. long as I can remember,
0: and uh when you were doing it in high school, and did you convince yourself that you that you shouldn't that you should try to do like psychology or did you have help
1: um Honestly, it was largely myself. My okay. parents have always been really supportive. Okay. They've enrolled me in like piano lessons, singing lessons, acting lessons, drawing lessons, yeah. horseback riding lessons. Everything <laughs> that I wanted to do, they let me do. Okay, um, but being from an immigrant family, it was right. a very it was difficult to reconcile the idea that I could go into the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing how hard my parents had worked to come here and how much they had sacrificed and how my parents didn't even get to pursue their own dreams. Right. So I felt really guilty. And I didn't think that I could make any money off of it because I didn't have any understanding of how to become a successful actor or singer mm. without just being discovered mm. and getting instantly famous. Right. So I figured that it was either struggle for the rest of my life Mm-hmm. or or pick a different career.
0: And so you tried to pick a different career.
1: Yeah, and it clearly didn't
0: work. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the fates were like s- steering you in a certain way.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was my friend in university actually who was already in the theater and film program and sh- uh, he decided he convinced me to to do it. So he was like,
0: "Yeah.
1: Audition for these plays that I'm working on, just do it, just do it." And it took him a year to convince me to actually audition for something.
0: <laughs> were, were you and like you were really resisting it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was like no, no, I'm not. I'm like I'm I'm past that. I'll do it as a as a hobby, but this is
0: what I'm doing now. What's funny is is how much cuz I spent a period of time for maybe like 3 3 years or so where I was like no, I've given up given up the theater. Um yeah. I'm I'm I don't do that anymore. And then there comes a point where somebody like asks you if you want to do something and you're like, "Oh, I don't really do that," but <laughs> Okay, and then all of a
1: sudden you're like, I'm in! Yeah, yeah. Um, That year, the first year that I I think was the the third year Mm -hmm. I was in university, is the first year that I got back into Mm -hmm. it, and I did four plays that year. (laughs) So it was like an immediate jump back in, and now it's hard to remember that time because I feel like that was very much a time that I wasn't myself. Yeah, yeah. When I felt like I wasn't who I was supposed to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because you were saying just a, just a minute ago about how um, you had, like, being from an immigrant family, you had mm-hmm. these feelings of, of guilt about pursuing your dream. Yeah. Which, from a certain point of view, number one, I think that's one of those things that probably is something that affects first-generation immigrant families more than, more than anything else. But mm-hmm. also is, like, in a way, they came here so you could pursue your dream. Right, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it, there's like this this weird dichotomy?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I feel like this is something that a lot of, especially like Asian mm-hmm. immigrants, uh, Asian uh, second gen kids feel right because they know they watch their parents right. struggle, and there's so much pressure in the Asian community yeah. to like be a doctor or a scientist or a of lawyer. Of course, of
0: course. I think that's that way in a lot of immigrant communities, mm-hmm. not just the Asian mm-hmm. community, but generally I think for a lot of immigrant yeah. families it's like be these prestigious things. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: yeah. And
0: and but you didn't actually get that from your from your family. It came from yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I knew that my parents wanted me to be a doctor because there was always like that little, Hey, maybe do this. Um and I'd be like, nah, nah, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um but they absolutely never pressured me into it they've been hmm. so supportive i have the greatest parents in the world and i just felt so guilty i felt like i was taking advantage of them um and i've always kind of been like that yeah. when i was younger i used to get an allowance and then um i asked my parents to stop giving me a, the allowance what yeah You're i are like the only just...
0: kid that's ever asked their parents not to give them an allowance i
1: know i felt guilty i felt guilty <laughs> i didn't want i didn't want them to to support me like that right. anymore and i was like maybe like 12 or something it was okay wasn't even making my own money yet. I was just like, no, "I don't need your help. I'm gonna make it on my own."
0: Um, when you decided that you were gonna go into the film and, and, and theater department uh, course <laughs> at, at school, mm-hmm. um, you had to audition. No, you just could transfer in. No, yeah, I is that the advantage to... to university over a college? Is that no? no? I went to okay.
1: McMaster, which is not a very big theater school okay so that's why it was it's definitely more of a general program there Mm -hmm. it's not uh it's not an audition process you just kind of get in and you Mm -hmm. do whatever you want so you can explore okay so you don't stream so you can explore design you can do stage managing you can do kind of everything that you want but the problem is that you don't you don't specialize right so you don't get like all of this training that you would normally get at a conservatory
0: Um, so what were the areas that you, that you were interested in?
1: Um, because I switched in so late, I technically wasn't in the program until my fifth year. I did mostly acting. Okay. Um, my final year, I wish I had gotten a chance to do the design because I think that's the benefit Mm -hmm. of a program like that. Um, but then I would have had to take a sixth year and I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) So my last year I did the, um, the thesis course, which is to, uh, direct and write your own play. Okay. So that's what I did. That was my big Big thing, okay. In university, everything else is just like acting courses and stuff like that. And
0: what was your thesis play?
1: Um, it's called "Go Home." It's mm-hmm. about uh, Asian Canadians and kind of all the intersections of crap that they put up with. Okay. I guess um, like racism, sexism, mm-hmm. Orientalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I'm really happy with how the production turned out. But mm-hmm. I'm currently rewriting it so that it's specific, specifically focused on Chinese women. Okay, because I think that's Obviously what I know how best to write, and I didn't feel comfortable telling the stories of Asian men or of South Asian women. Okay.
0: Were you so the the original version was sort of like uh, more generalized as far as like the Asian yeah. experience? Yeah, it was okay. just
1: kind of everything and that was already that was already too much. We started off um, wanting to cover all women of color and mm-hmm. Asian men mm-hmm. because my partner um, in directing and writing, was very interested in, um, indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of had it open at first and then we ended up narrowing it down, but still not, it wasn't narrowed down enough. Right.
0: But, yeah. Um, so as you start to, to, to work on it further, um, and you get more specific, are there things that doing it the first time taught you?
1: Um, definitely. I feel that because McMaster's in Hamilton, um, I feel that it was very much, catered towards a more older white Mm -hmm. audience Mm -hmm. um but that's not who i want my play to be for i want my play to be for young asian Mm -hmm. women immigrants yeah um first gen or second gen or whatever gen Um, i want it to be for people like me right because growing up i never had any kind of representation i didn't have any asian female role models Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah the play is for people like me and for any, anyone who can relate to it, really, but it's not... Anyone can relate to it, but it's not for them.
0: No, of course.
1: Um, and also didn't have any uh, women of color mentors mm. while I was working on this play. So it would re- really be nice to, yeah. to get some of that and help them influence the show more. Mm.
0: Um, I mean, so doing this in Hamilton, mm-hmm. where... Uh, I, mean, I hate to generalize about Hamilton. Um, <laughs> but my experience in Hamilton, because I was there for the, the French festival mm. last year, it's not a lot of people of color that I no. saw no. in Hamilton. Did you find that? I mean, you spent some time there. Um, um did you find that, th- that I'm right about that? And then also, like, is it difficult? Like, did, what was your experience like there?
1: Um, it's definitely not a very diverse community, even, um, even at the university, which you would think would be very diverse. Yeah. The theater and film program is very much still white, mm. which it has improved. Right. Um, but when okay. I did my first play, I was only one of two Asian women mm. doing it. And I wasn't even in the program yet, but I was like the only, uh, Asian actor, really. And then we did um, a play the next year called Lady in the Red Dress by David Yee. Um, And that brought out a lot of Asian actors, which was really great. Because then a bunch of them started joining the program. Nice. Um, So, yeah, it opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Now, following you uh, on Facebook, as I do, (laughs) um, I know that... Uh, I mean, you're very vocal about when, um, <laughs> about stereotypes, about mm-hmm. Orientalism and things like that. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you find it difficult to find a voice in that? Or did it, did you just get so frustrated that you just had to start calling it out <laughs> where you saw it?
1: Um, I think that this isn't something that I really realized when I was younger. It took, as much as it sucks to say, it took being in... Lady, Uh to really get me to want to um, look into the injustice that the Asian community uh, faces. Uh Because the year before, I did a play called Bust, and it was about sexual assault. Uh And I'd already been kind of interested in educating myself more about it, but Uh it wasn't until I was in that play that it really motivated me to educate myself. And it was the same for Lady. Um, Yeah, it it was... I just, I guess I, as soon as I started reading articles mm-hmm. and statistics and learning more about this stuff, mm-hmm. I just got mad. And I started realizing all of the things that I wasn't seeing before and how a lot of people in the Asian community still don't see mm-hmm. the racism that we experience. I think like of all the communities, we're pretty much the least woke.
0: <laughs> and do, do you have a theory about why that is?
1: I think it's because it's just not talked about,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? The black community has been fighting back against racism for so long that they've, they've claimed more space and Mm -hmm. they've made more of a voice for themselves. Whereas the Asian community is just kind of sitting back and not really doing anything, which is not to say that there are not some really amazing Asian activists Mm -hmm. out there. Um, But I think as a whole, the Asian community doesn't really fight back as much as we should and that's because of a lack of education
0: Hmm. Hmm. education about the injustice and the 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 racism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean from a certain point of view if you look at pop culture um asians in general have not been particularly treated very well yeah (laughs) in uh almost every film i was actually thinking about that because you know before i talk to somebody i like to Consider a few things we might talk about, and I mm-hmm. kind of figured I knew that I was going to bring this up because <laughs> it's it's something that I think is 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 very important to yeah. you. Yes. For um, sure. And if you th- if I think about the kind of roles that are available for um, an Asian actor or actress, and I was actually just thinking about um, like uh, even on the Netflix Marvel series, you've mm. got like mm. you've got martial artists, you've Ugh. got yakuza, and you've got like I don't know ninja or something like. Oh, there's God. like a limited option for like what their their roles are considered to be whereas i think it would be far more interesting just to have like people who were like people yeah. instead of like having to fall into these categories yeah
1: yeah yeah i just think that asians are still being stereotyped uh-huh. and it's just it's very very slowly getting better but it's still not fast enough Right, there's still so much whitewashing. Oh,
0: geez, yeah. Especially recently, I know. Like, what is it now that like this kind of that that suddenly these films and television shows are coming out where it's like it's okay to whitewash? Mm -hmm.
1: It's it's because before they just didn't care about minorities, Mm -hmm. and now they think that they're so progressive that race doesn't matter. But we're doing the exact same thing that we were doing before. Nothing's changed. It's, they're just
0: it, they're just a label. They're just putting it in a different in a different category. Yeah, it's okay because we don't see color. Yeah, and the worst thing that you can really say is we don't see color because everybody fucking sees color.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly. And
0: I mean, if you look at a at a show like like Luke Cage, Luke Cage was the blackest show <laughs> I've seen. But in like the like so amazing and political mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that, and it it. It just, like, the characters were black, but they were also people. Which yeah. is, like, why? that's shouldn't be revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the kind of thing that I think would be beneficial, like, just generally. To stop, like, saying we don't see color and just yeah. be like, let's see the color and celebrate the color.
1: hmm exactly. Um, but something that I am sick of is the whole concept of diversity and this is a very new kind of concept to me because before I was always like, yeah, diversity. It's great. Put a ton of people of color everywhere. Mm -hmm. But, um, I recently had a discussion with Philip Aiken.
0: Uh
1: Um, and he, he basically said that the whole idea of diversity is still hinged on the idea that we're, we're different from white people that we're, that we're the other, right. We're, we're different from the norm. Okay. Right. And so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stop using the word diversity as much and just I don't know what I would replace it with, but I I like the idea of of um, thinking about ourselves about POCs in in our own respect hmm. and not just as something other than
0: white. It's interesting. I mean, in the in the theater, especially in the indie. Th- theater community, but also uh, in theater in general. We do a lot of talking about about oh, diversity, <laughs> and every couple of months there's like a panel discussion oh, about yeah. diversity and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to think that the concept of diversity is, is actually harming the conversation in a way.
1: It can be. It can be. I Because I do think that a lot of these discussions are more about educating white people than it is for... People of color, because uh-huh. I remember recently I went to a panel, and I was hoping to learn from other people of color about uh-huh. how they make it work uh-huh. in the theater community, how they um, are finding work, and how they're struggling in in the theater community. And the whole discussion just ended up being, "Well, how can white people fix this?" Right? But I've had this discussion so many times that it, it's just. It's not useful to me. Somehow I to me knew
0: for that's what you were going to say that it, that it turned into. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I was at, I don't know if I was at the you were same. There, you were there. I was at, okay. Yeah. I was at the there, same, yeah. at the same one weird. and I was like, Oh, I know this. I know which mm-hmm. one you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't think that that's an uncommon place to go mm-hmm. when the conversation is organized by white people. For sure. For sure. Um, I mean, I understand because, because I think that, that, the idea of having that conversation is like everybody wants to call out the companies that aren't doing it, and they want to, uh, and like, like they want to like encourage it, and yet it's not helpful to the people of color.
1: Yeah, I think that if if companies really want to make a change, they need to commit to casting and employing people of color because everyone's asking for it mm-hmm. because it's popular. It's popular. To to ask for diversity, right? If you're uh-huh. if you don't ask for diversity, you're kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, but it's gotten to the point where that's just kind of become meaningless and people just they still don't care about yeah. casting diverse, and there are very few theater companies that will actually commit to doing so. Yeah. Um factory cahoots. Absolutely factory and cahoots, yeah. Um are two great companies for doing this. Yeah. Um But yeah, they they say they're gonna do it and they do do it. Right, they don't even really have to talk about no about how they're going to cast diverse. They just do it.
0: I think, I mean, from a certain point of view, better just to do it than to do a lot of talking about it. Yeah. but I think it goes um, deeper than just casting because I think that for sure, for know, sure, we have to have. Okay, I'm tired of white guys at the head of theater <laughs> companies. I'm tired yeah. of. I'm tired of uh, you know. Oh, another white playwright on like. Yeah. Another white director. Let's just like, I'm waiting for theater to reflect the street outside my window. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, for sure. Diversity air quotes. Because we don't have another, we don't have a better word for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, representation. Okay. Representation Mm -hmm. goes beyond just casting. It Mm -hmm. needs to happen behind the scenes as well, or else the casting doesn't really happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, it I don't I don't think that these panel discussions are completely useless. I think they're very helpful mm. um to people who are wanting to learn and I think it's great that these people want to learn. Um but for me personally, I think it's I prefer to remove myself from these situations now just yeah. because it it is a little exhausting. It gets a little exhausting to explain the same things over and over again. And while these may be new concepts to some people, yeah. they've they've been something that I've known for a really long time
0: to my, uh, my favorite part of that particular panel was watching Nina, Nina Le Aquino on that mm-hmm. stage. Cause she's had this conversation and she's over it. Like She's <laughs> um, like, she wants to have the conversation and she wants to change, but it was obvious. that she's like, we're having this conversation again. Yeah. I don't have time for it, but I'm here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, she's like over it in terms of like, having this conversation again.
1: hmm hmm I I think we might be talking about different ones now. I can't okay. remember. Um, I thought we were talking about X.
0: Oh no, no, no. What you were talking, talking, about, talking, talking the,
1: about the first one? We're
0: talking about one like it was generator? At, no, it was something it was at another at another one. So I mean the okay. No now I know which which panel you were talking about. I, I was um, talking about
1: IndieX at first, but then yes. you said Nina was there, okay, so I'm thinking about no, a different one. There's a
0: different one that I was at where um, Nina was there, mm-hmm. and uh, again, it was like organized by white people. It was yeah. basically for how can white people help, that sort of thing. Was it and, the
1: generator one?
0: Uh, no. Oh, okay. No.
1: Because Nina was at that one, and she was also fed up.
0: Nina goes to... All, <laughs> like, I think that Nina gets asked to all of them, mm-hmm. and she always says yes, but she's already fed up when she yeah. arrives. Yeah. Um, the one that, that we were at at IndieX, mm-hmm. um X, there were so many. I don't know if I went to the diversity, but I think I think, I think I did. you were yeah. there. I did. Um, just yes, I was. Yes, yeah. I remember. <laughs> but it was just like as always. You like you're right. You're yeah. right. It was like how can the white people help? Yeah. And
1: yeah, and and then Luke Luke Reese made yes. some really good points mm-hmm. about how um, there are a lot of. Uh, Poc theater companies out there, and they're like sending out lists of their actors, mm-hmm. um, and they're doing all this promo, and and a lot of white companies just aren't listening. Yeah, right. We're like we're putting ourselves out there, we're making names for ourselves, and we're still not making it because no one's listening.
0: Well, I mean, it goes deeper than I think. it Goes deeper than just like the comp- that the other companies aren't listening, but the media mm-hmm. is not listening. Mm. Um. Because the media is covering the established yeah. white companies over yeah. some of the companies that are doing some really amazing work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the the like activism on this issue and also making theater, do you see that as something that you, in your work, you want to pursue and do more of?
1: Uh, definitely. Yeah? Um, I was... In Stratford about a week or two ago, mm-hmm. um, and I was taking a playwriting course with uh, Donna Michelle Saint Bernard. Okay, and and we were talking about this. She asked a question um, to the class: um, Do you want to change the world with your work? Mm. And I was the only person who said yes. And everyone really? else, in the, everyone else in the class was an older white person. Oh, so okay. they were like. Nah. No, I just want to. Just one person would be good, but I want to change huh. everything, and and so does she. And I think that that really shows in our work, right? We talk about big mm. political issues, and mm. I eventually I do want to make work that isn't only about yeah the oppression that I that I experience, right? I want to just write stories about Asian women and and people who are just people mm-hmm. and who don't constantly have to deal with the oppression. Right. But right now, uh, at least that's what I'm focusing on
0: in a way, in order to stop having to write about that, wouldn't you have to get to a point where that wasn't like part of your daily life? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I guess if I were to not write about it, it would just be that I'm not focusing on that mm-hmm. for that particular mm. play. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it ever stops being a thing. So yeah. I feel like even if I'm not focusing on it, it's always going to permeate how I write yeah. and what I write about, right? Because my experience is always going to be different than that of a white woman. Of course, yeah. Or a white man's. Yeah. Even if we're writing the exact same story.
0: Well, that's, I mean, point of view and perspective is <laughs> mm-hmm. always like two people with the same idea write completely different things. Yeah. And our experience informs that. So. Yeah. Um yeah. Um we we barely even touched on the fact that 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 you're right. When did you start writing? Was that just something, did you start writing just for your thesis piece or did, were you writing before that?
1: Um I've always writing has been another thing that I've always been into. I used to uh write songs. That was my okay. my biggest thing. They're terrible. This is like <laughs> middle school stupid crush stuff. They're really bad. Like they they hurt me physically when I read them, but that's that's the main stuff that I used Did to you write. Have them? <laughs> like, somewhere, somewhere on my computer. Oh my god, they're I, painfully I have, embarrassing. Like
0: I think that as soon as I turned like 19, I took all of my shitty teenage poetry and was <laughs> like, "This has got to go."
1: Oh, but it's memories. It's memories. As bad <laughs> as it is, it's 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 nice to look back and see how far you've come. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not still as crappy as it was back then. Um, but yeah, I, I used to write stories. I okay. like once co-wrote a novel with my cousin, which was also terrible because we didn't know how to write descriptive right. stuff. So it was all dialogue. It's pretty much all dialogue. Mm. So maybe.
0: So you were meant to write for theater. <laughs>
1: maybe yeah. that's that's exactly it. I don't think I'm a great novelist, but screenwriting or playwriting, I think, is is better.
0: Honestly, probably. I think that, like. I have always gravitated to to writing for theater. Like mm. maybe I wrote some stories when I was younger, but as soon as I figured out what theater was, <laughs> I was writing stuff for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, when I think I want to write something more prosy, not stagey, I find it so difficult. It is to really do. <laughs> difficult.
1: I have so much respect for for novelists. Yeah, because that shit's hard.
0: Oh fuck yeah! It's like <laughs> I don't like oh I have to describe things. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know. that sort of comes from the theater thing of like, it's collaborative. Like, I leave so many things open, because mm-hmm. I'm not Tennessee Williams, but <laughs> also, like, it's other people get to fill it in. Yeah. You know? It's like that collaboration.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's what I think is cool. Um, Because for books, the writer is responsible for creating an entire world. Yeah. But for plays, the playwright creates a part of that world. And then everyone else kind of Fills in the rest, which I think is really cool. Yeah. That everyone gets to be a part of, of the world building.
0: Yeah. Um, do you remember what the first play that you wrote was? Or the first thing that you could call a play?
1: Mm, I honestly think that it it might have been Go Home. I think that was the. Okay. I have a big problem with, with finishing what I start when I'm writing. Um, so Go Home was the first, I think, proper play that I've ever finished. Okay. Uh And it, I mean, I guess it was the deadlines that helped and the, the fact that I had people counting on me.
0: Deadlines help so much, so much. <laughs> they really do. I have the same, I have so many unfinished plays. Yeah. Um, Like I wrote my solo piece. It took me eight years <laughs> to write that. And the only reason it was really finished is because I was like, I think I need to perform this. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm never going to finish it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So Go Home was the, the first one that, First finished play.
1: Yeah, the first play that I could call a play, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I wasn't too focused on writing plays before. Mm-hmm. I think I always kept my theater film stuff kind of separate from my writing stuff, mm-hmm. but um, it's kind of cool to combine it.
0: Was, is there a reason why you kept them separate?
1: I don't know. I guess I just never thought of myself as a playwright. Mm. Um, I liked writing but I knew that wasn't what I wanted my main thing to
0: okay. be. Okay.
1: I always wanted to be a performer first and right. a writer second. Writing was kind of my release. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mainly an emotional writer, so if I'm upset by something or or uh, whatever, that's what will motivate me to write, which is why I, I so often don't finish things. <laughs> because then I lose my momentum. I lose... I lose the anger or the the sadness, and then it's just...
0: It can be really hard to hold on to that kind of thing long enough to, like, complete a a play.
1: Yeah, and to make something
0: good. Yeah. I was going to... Oh, yes. I I, I (laughs) wanted to ask you... This is why, you know... Yes, I don't edit anything, so all of my... (laughs) Anytime I sound stupid, I always leave that in. That's cool. Um, That's
1: cool. I think you're sounding better than I am.
0: No, no. You're you're just fine. You're good. Um, So we met at IndieX. Yes. So, which was uh, TAPA's uh, annual indie theater uh, or conference for indie theater makers. Mm -hmm. Um, Had you considered yourself an indie theater maker before that? Or what was it that drew you to that conference?
1: I think... When did Indie happen? That was still maybe...
0: Oh. I want to say spring-ish. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, either I had just put on Go Home or it mm-hmm. hadn't been put on yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I hadn't done anything in Toronto, I felt like I wasn't an indie theater artist. Mm. I felt so separated from the entire Toronto theater scene mm. that I... Didn't consider myself a real artist.
0: Okay,
1: I still thought of myself as a student. I thought of myself as a student that wasn't involved. Um, I really just went there to learn, and I, I didn't think that I had anything to contribute okay. to anyone else.
0: Hmm. Did you? Did your opinion change while you were there, or
1: it did not? <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. I it mean... totally did not because I still felt like um, there were. Things that I felt like I had heard before, but there were also a lot of things that I learned that day. Um, And I felt super inexperienced. I was one of the only people there I knew who hadn't done anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the only other person might have been my friend Warren, who was also there. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I just felt really out of my depth and kind of a little bit overwhelmed. Hmm. But I saw it as a networking opportunity. So I met met some people and I met you. What?
0: I mean, when you left did you feel like you had any clarity on what you wanted to do or did you, were you still as, as sort of a uh, uh, confused as, or uh confused is the wrong word, but the same as when you, and it's when you, when you arrived.
1: I think that every step I've taken since deciding to pursue this as my career has been a step in the right direction, mm-hmm. a step to, to learning more about the, the theater community and and finding about finding out about more ways mm. to get involved, mm-hmm. right? Even if some things aren't that useful to me, mm-hmm. I think that everything is contributing in a way, and it's furthering my curiosity and mm-hmm. it's making me more motivated to learn more. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like it did it did help a lot. It did teach me a lot, and I do think that it was it was beneficial.
0: Okay. Um. What do, What do you want? What do you want – like, if you were to imagine the career that, that you want to have from this point, you know, aside from the fact that, that you know, you were saying when you started that you wanted to, you wanted to be, like, a famous singer when you were <laughs> kid, you be, like, all that stuff, putting that aside mm-hmm. and, like, thinking about the career that you, that you imagine, um, what does that look like for you?
1: Um, honestly, I still think that my dreams from when I was a kid – are still very much my dreams now. I've Mm -hmm. still always wanted to be a very well-known artist Mm -hmm. and, and make art that matters and, and changes things Mm -hmm. and people. Um, I just think that now I have a more realistic path to get there. Mm -hmm. And now I think I can see a clearer trajectory for how to reach my goals. Which is really cool. That
0: is cool. Yeah. One of the things when I was in theater school—now this was a long time ago, long time um, (laughs) ago—when I was in theater school, they kept telling us about the importance of being. I get generally they wanted us to be generic. You know, don't don't have hair too long. Don't grow a beard. Like don't be. (laughs) You know, be. You so that you can be anything when you walk in the door for the audition. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, that said, I see a lot more um, younger actors now who are who are tattooed, who are pierced, who have green hair. <laughs> um, and did did anyone ever say like? Because I wonder if that's sort of like gone by the wayside. Because I think <clears throat> it's more important to like embrace your uniqueness. Um, but it seems to, I think it might be a shift in, in a perception from when I was in theater school to now. Mm -hmm. Did anybody ever tell you like be generic or was, or did, was it like be who you are?
1: Um, well, every time I apply for an audition, I have to include, I'm willing to dye my hair. Okay. Which I will be doing soon. I'm planning on going blonde just because the green hair does make it very difficult Mm -hmm. to get cast because I feel like. Um, for auditions that are specifically looking for Asian women, mm-hmm. I'm not what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, And for, for things that are looking for open ethnicity, which is usually a lie, yeah. I'm still not what they're looking for, right? So I'm not saying that I don't get a decent amount yeah. of auditions, but I do think that it would open up a lot more doors if I just looked slightly less like a troll doll. Um,
0: you, you do not <laughs> look in any way like a troll doll. You do not.
1: If I um, if I if I hang upside down, I'm okay.
0: Right. If any of okay, except for me, if most people, if they hang upside down, they will look like a troll doll. Right. Was there a particular reason why you decided to? I mean, this is old man talk here, but that you decided to dye your hair green, or um, was it just because you thought it was cool.
1: Well, okay. When I when I first decided to dye my hair, I wanted to dye it blue mm-hmm. because. I'd just gotten out of a breakup with a guy, and I was like, I don't need to change something about myself. So I was going to do this blue ombre, okay. and that was a couple years ago. So I bleached my hair, and then I ended up liking the blonde hair so much that I kept it for a whole year. Okay. And then in the process of bleaching my hair again, I used too strong of a bleach. So all my hair fell out. Oh. So I decided to go blue, and and it's just been that way for for a couple years now okay. it's because i want to talk about it's a long story
0: okay <laughs> a lot okay. of people
1: already know the story but i I want to talk about i got pulled over uh my hair burned off that's basically okay the gist okay. of it oh. um but yeah it's been it's been this color for two years and the green is kind of how it looks when it's faded it starts okay. off like a pretty dark teal okay um but this is usually what it looks like i yeah i don't a large part of the reason why I've kept it like this for song is because it helps me stand out. It, it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helps people yeah. remember me. Right. Um, it makes me different from all the other Asian girls. Mm. Which I know is it's not like a like a oh I don't want to be like them or I don't want to be associated with them. It's like um people already see Asian women as so similar. It's mm. nice to it's nice to, to be differentiate. memorable. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so do you have a a a plan for the? Do you have a like a, a plan to restage, um, go home? Um, do you have like a where you're aiming to perform it or anything like that, or are you still just working on it?
1: Um, I am in the process of currently like rewriting the entire thing, mm-hmm. structure, characters, um, plot,
0: mm-hmm.
1: non-narrative plot, but whatever, sure. um, everything. Yeah. So I think that's like my main focus in terms of that show right now, but eventually I do, I'm going to be applying for a lot of TCRs, Mm -hmm. a lot of other grants and workshops and scholarships Mm -hmm. and whatever I can get my hands on. Sure. Um, And then hopefully some companies who are more experienced with playwriting and Mm -hmm. developing plays um, will be able to help me make it a much better show. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, I mean, like, End goal would be yeah. really cool to put it on at, like, factory theater. Okay. That would be awesome, I think, because I, I know some people um, who are doing that right now, who are workshopping their plays to be put on at factory, and I, I want to be
0: yeah, yeah, doing yeah, yeah, that.
1: Yeah. I think factory would probably be my my dream venue. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Um, is it something that you would ever try to do yourself, or do you feel like it needs to live in, like, ultimately, a, like, a factory theater?
1: Oh, no. I definitely... I would definitely put it on myself Mm -hmm. if I knew how and just think I might need some help figuring that out. But yeah, no, I would 100% self-produce. I've been thinking about starting my own theater company Mm -hmm. and I've been trying to get my friend involved, but I don't know if he wants to. So I'm going to keep, you know, have you asked him? I have, I have a few times and he just kind of doesn't respond. He's a, he's a weird guy.
0: So (laughs) yeah, the problem is he's not, not into it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I might have to do it myself, but I don't. I have absolutely no idea how to how to get started with that, but I am going to the Shen Development Series oh, so am I. office hours. Oh okay. so, yeah, 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 That's great. Okay. So, I will know yeah. somebody. Yeah. Actually,
0: like all those questions, those mm-hmm. are Derek Derek Chua questions, mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. are Richard. Sorry, Richard Lee. Richard Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Also, also Esther. Mm. Um, yeah, all of them. Yeah. I think, would be so absolutely. Yeah. Um. um yeah, I mean, that's where you, you're going to get your get your start. Have you thought of an like if you were to start your theater company, do you know what you would call it?
1: Oh God, I have no idea. <laughs> it would it would have to be something like Asian related, okay? Because I do want the the theater company to be catered towards um, I think East Asian women mm-hmm. because I know that there are a couple Filipino theater companies, there are a couple like general, more Asian centered ones. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing specifically for just East Asian women, right? Okay. And I think that's what I want my focus to be.
0: Well, that's important to know what your focus is. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, like you're the you're one of the two people in the room at that that playwright thing that wants to change the world, yeah. And that's a big a big uh, focus for you is is that. So um, it only makes sense, yeah. You do that, yeah.
1: It's probably gonna have yellow in the title. Maybe my last name. My last name means yellow.
0: Okay. Right? Okay. Isn't
1: that so great? I think that's the. I think that's the best thing ever. I'm so glad that's my
0: last name. Really? So you're you're Kathy Yellow? Is, yeah. Is it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't it's, know why that makes you so happy, but it's, it's pretty cool. I'm yeah. so
1: excited. It's like it's like when a brown person's last name is brown. <laughs> you know. And I I've, like. It took me a really long time to be comfortable with being Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I didn't want to be Asian, okay. not because I didn't like being Asian. I just thought it would be a lot easier if I were white to, probably, I mean, to be an actress. It probably would
0: have been. Yeah.
1: But. Um, but now I'm so obnoxiously proud of the fact that I'm Asian, right? I'm literally yeah. like, I put it on everything. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so Asian, um, wow. that I'm really excited about my last name now.
0: How did you get to the point where you could go from not want like, not really wanting to be Asian to being proud of it. Was that like, what was that journey like?
1: I think honestly getting involved with the theater community in Toronto was a, like a large part of it. Seeing these other Asian theater creators Mm -hmm. that are either just emerging or have been around for a while now, you know, kind of making their way and doing it and being proud of the fact that they're Asian. Right. Right. Uh, Nina Lee Aquino, Marjorie Chan, mm-hmm. David Yee, Richard Lee, all of these people, pa- Paul, Sun Hyung Lee. Okay. Uh, right. It made me realize that I didn't have to be white mm-hmm. to make something of myself. And I think that was a large part of it. And it was a lot of self-discovery stuff and, and getting comfortable with with my body and the way I looked uh-huh. and and who I was and just kind of growing up. Yeah. Right. Cause I think that when you're younger, you're everyone's uncomfortable with who they are. Uh-huh. But I think that as an Asian woman, especially growing up looking so different from the standard of beauty, uh-huh. right. I have monolids. I have a smaller nose. I have yellow skin. Um, I had like thick, coarse black hair. It was, it was really hard and mm. I didn't feel, um, as pretty as I could, but I think that I'm very comfortable with who I am now. And I feel mm-hmm. like I finally settled into who I'm supposed to be.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Good. And are you, are you online? Do you have a website? Do you have the Twitter?
1: I don't have a website yet. I'm mm-hmm. working on that. Okay. I think maybe when I've done a, a few more things, I'm going to get a website once I figure out how to make one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Twitter, I have Tumblr, I have Instagram, I have Facebook. If Snapchat, I have pretty much everything that you can think of. And if
0: if you were, if someone was to look at look for you on Twitter, on Twitter or Instagram, what would they look for?
1: Um, all of my handles are usually the same. Most mostly it's K A F F R E E. Um, for Twitter, there's an extra E at the end. Okay. And I think also for Snapchat, there's an extra E at the okay,
0: end. Okay.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's that's what you would look for.
0: All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me.